All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is Voice of Christian Israel for Sunday, 4-23-2023. Uh-oh, there's two 23s. <laughs> okay, I, I'm wondering if anything happened because uh, uh, Chris Pede uh, put a uh, notice in at, at 3 p.m. today that the government of Great Britain was going to be announcing uh, its, uh, I guess, a CBDC policy. Let's see if I scroll back and uh, find that again. What exactly was that? It's supposed to ring all the cell phones in Britain and announce another aspect of the lockdowns and the jab, etc., etc. And so... Supposedly today at 3 p.m. April 23rd in all of Britain. However, uh, haven't heard anything yet whether that that took place or not, or whether that was a false alarm. So it would be very interesting. But uh, you you never know. uh, Somebody forgot. They have forgotten to press the button and send all the alerts out. Okay, this this is. uh, how, how crazy things are today. So anyway, uh, yeah, welcome to the great test. This is a test. That was actually the name of the first radio uh, show I ever did. This is way back in the, uh, oh, even in the 70s. Yeah, I was on uh, local radio doing a show called This is a Test. And it was uh, skits that I made up uh, uh, pretending to be this person and that person. And, uh, you know, skits that could have been part of what what would you call a review, a review, but it was actually broadcast on a major radio station here in Chicago. So uh, I did that for about five or six months. And then uh, uh, I got too close to the truth (laughs) with my skits. (laughs) And they booted me off because as well as you know, the uh, everything in terms of broadcasting, radio, television, etc., newspapers, magazines, even a lot of the flyers uh, are controlled by Jews. And so you can hardly get away with anything that suggests that the Jews run the world. You can hardly... Okay, Uh, Sussex man said, I just heard from some that the alarm did go off, but not very loud. Okay, so... I guess, yeah, like like I said, whoever was in charge of pressing the button probably forgot to turn the volume up. <laughs> it's like, oh, when the siren goes off here in small town America, every day at noon, the sirens go off because they're testing to make sure the sirens work. Well, that's a perfect time for the Chinese army to invade. <laughs> is at noon, noon in the eastern time zone, noon in the central time zone. Of course, I think if they invaded at noon in the eastern time zone, people in the other time zones of America would hear about it, okay, and get ready before noon come to pass in their time zone. So anyway, folks, yeah, that's very interesting that they were going to demand. So you can just, that gives you a good excuse, though. If you say, well, I, I, I heard something, but it wasn't loud enough, <laughs> to, uh, tell the guy who presses the button to turn up the volume. So, yeah, I, I'm deaf. I couldn't hear it. You know, or I was snoozing. I couldn't hear it. Yeah, so you got all kinds of reasons you could say that you never got the message, right? So, anyway, just another attempt for by them to try to control everything we do, say, hear, and think. You know, they got the three monkeys covered on our, our physical bodies, but not our minds. They can't control what we think, although Judeo-Christians do. <laughs> Their thoughts are controlled by the Judeo-Christian world. Okay, anyway, tried to get a hold of Pastor Martins. Uh, he's not responding, so I just left him a message. If he's around, go ahead and call me, because uh, as we know, his uh, network fluctuates with the uh, with the time so somebody in the administration of the ANC government which is the American National Communist government of South Africa 
uh, he's probably fell asleep, as black people tend to do on a job, and he forgot to press the button. Okay, uh, turn the uh, turn the networks back on. The, the rolling blackout situation was, which has existed in South Africa for quite some time now, is coming to a property near you. All right, so. Uh, but first, I want to quickly read a message sent to me by email from a person in South Africa. Oh, uh, I, I did get uh, back in touch with Yarle, who uh, who uh, did a, a presentation. Uh, I did a show last Friday night on Yahweh's Covenant People about how, how the Jews have controlled the justice system of the country of Norway. And uh, he referenced a, uh, a video that we did, oh, quite, I think it was 2016, maybe even, maybe even earlier, and uh, referencing Patrick Mullinane, or Cullinane, rather. Okay. And uh, we could not find a video because it was taken down by YouTube. However... Uh, Chris sent me a, um, a link to the article uh, from uh, from those days, which I forwarded to uh, Yarley. Okay, and so thanks, Chris, for that. And we might just do a show about that because uh, yeah, he was murdered. He was murdered by the uh, Jews that run Great Britain because he was exposing all of their skullduggery with the, the, the corruption of the British court system, right? And we know our court system here in America is uh, squeaky clean, right? Squeaky clean with Jewish dirt. Jewish dirt, okay? So uh, we, have, uh, we have a lot of work to do, folks, to awaken the world to how and how we have been taken over taken over by the international Jew and there's simply no doubt about that absolutely no doubt about that so anyway I got a uh, an email from uh, a person in South Africa I'm sorry in uh, Australia who uh, just ordered my book, The Great Impersonation, from Money Tree Publishing, and I'll just quick make a quick announcement. It's on the front page of uh, Eurofolk Radio now. But uh, he says he was a South African he, for a long time, but he had to, had to leave South Africa because the Freemasons had gradually been taking over every industry in South Africa forcing him to leave and uh, move to Australia. So I won't go into any great detail on this because uh, I don't want to put him in in danger. But uh, he says that he used to run uh, one of the big energy corporations in South Africa until he was replaced by a Freemason. So guess what? <laughs> Being replaced uh, because Pastor Martin has been telling us often about how the Freemasons, of course, and the the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, who are actually Jews in disguise, Edomites in disguise, that uh, our people in South Africa are in great danger from the Freemasons, from the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, the Jews, and of course, the blacks. All of these organizations are controlled by the international Jew in South Africa as they they control virtually the entire planet as well. So uh, he says after, and then he lost his, a a friend of his, who also was a non-Mason, lost his job in the industry and I can't remember now from the email. I'm trying to find the email right now. But uh, also replaced by uh, a Freemason. So everything we've been saying about Freemasonry on Eurofolk Radio is absolutely true. Freemasonry is a Jewish front. Uh, 
and anybody involved in Freemasonry is playing footsie with the devil. And you better stop doing it, because if you don't, you, you will lose any, any possible, any possible advantage for getting into the kingdom. Sorry, <laughs> you're not going to get there. Okay, so, uh, but I sent that report to Pastor Martins, and I, I put a link to uh, you know, th- this article here on Nelson Mandela, Tabo Mbeki, Desmond Tutu, all Freemasons. By the way, this uh, this looks like a really good site. This is called discerningtheworld.com. So I put the links in both chat rooms. I got one here. Today's popular articles, why Jonathan Kahn and his revelations must be ignored, right? Well, because he's a Jew. And another one looks really good here is Huguenots, John Calvin and Freemasonry. So uh, feel free to check those articles out. And another one here, Exposing False Teaching in South Africa. But let me just get to this article. And this was published 19 November 2014, updated 21 September 2018. Again, the title is Nelson Mandela, Tabo, Mbeki, Desmond Tutu, and All Freemasons. They are all Freemasons. And by the way, when Mandela smiles... And the same is true of, of Obama when they have that great uh, big cheese-eating grin. What's that stinky cheese? <laughs> What's that stinky cheese? I forgot the name of it. Anyway, uh, they look just like Baphomet. They look just like Baphomet when they have that uh, uh, stinky cheese-eating grin on their faces. So by Deborah, discerning the world, I have believed Nelson Mandela to be a Freemason for many a year, but there has not been any proof until now. DTW, that's their website, discerningtheworld.com, has written the following articles on Nelson Mandela, where he stated at a function that Maitreya, supposedly the Christ, visited him when he was still in prison on Robben Island, R-O-B-B-E-N. See article here. Mandela, Maitreya, and a rainbow nation. Of course, we know what the rainbow nation is these days, right? Transgenderism, transhumanism, transthisism, transthatism. Then see article where he is quite happy to be compared to Jesus Christ in a Last Supper painting, Mandela as Jesus Christ. Oh, this is our, this is really good. This is going to be funny. Okay, anyway. And here again where the ANC compares Mandiba, or Madiba, M-A-D-I-B-A. I'm not sure if that's just another reference to Mandela or not. To Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Stop comparing Mandela to Jesus. <laughs> Please. Thank you. Or where they liken him to Moses, who led the Israelites out of Egypt. I remember the same thing was going on with Obama when he became president. Do you remember? The same thing was happening with Obama. But what? But was Nelson Mandela a Freemason? He was part of the elders set up by Richard Branson, who was a Freemason, and Peter Gabriel, another Freemason. See here the elders and the New World Order. So I think I'm going to flip to that real quick, because this is a very short article. Uh, and check that out. Okay, discerning the world, the elders... And the New World Order. And there's a picture of a bunch of these elders standing and Nelson Mandela sitting. 
Our Global Village. And this was published 19 June 2013 and updated 31 August 2018. The Elders is founded on the idea that we now live in a global village. Oh, isn't that what Hillary Clinton? No child left unmolested? An increasingly interconnected, interdependent world. Oh, yeah, right. It's all connected by the Jewish banking operations. We believe in listening to everyone, both critical and supportive. And, oh, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't believe in listening to white people who are white nationalists, certainly. Christian identity. Is, there's tons of people they don't believe in uh, listening to. Both critical and supportive. Yeah, well, that's just a line. That's just a party hack line. And encourage debate about issues we work on. Okay, well, there's a caveat there. They're only interested in debating on issues they work on. Yeah, so don't don't even think of raising a new issue, one that they're not working on. Whether you're an activist, someone affected by conflict, or you want to share a message, use this space to hear from the people the elders are working with. Join the discussion, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, there it is right there, theelders.org, Global Village. How was the group formed? The concept originates from a conversation between the entrepreneur Richard Branson, of course, who we already found out as a Freemason, and the musician, Peter Gabriel. The idea they discussed was simple. Many communities look to their elders for guidance. Not anymore, they don't. (laughs) They look to whoever has the money or to help resolve disputes. Well, didn't the, didn't the Jews create this gender gap in the 1960s where young people no longer listen to their elders? I'm sure that's taken place all over the world by now. The idea they discussed was simple. Many communities look to their elders for guidance or to help resolve disputes. No, they, they look to a lawyer for that. In an increasingly interdependent world, a global village could be a small, dedicated group of individuals who use their collective experience and influence to help tackle some of the most pressing problems facing the world today. How are they doing on global warming? How are they doing on stopping wars? How are they doing on preventing disease? Wow. F minus minus in all those categories. I was wondering, Peter Gabriel the musician, for real. Wow. Richard Branson and Peter Gabriel took their idea of a group of global elders too. Would you believe? Nelson Mandela, who agreed to support it. With the help of Grasa, it's got some umlauts and odd spellings here. Anyway, Grasa Machel and Desmond Tutu, Mandela set about bringing the elders together and formally launching the group in Johannesburg on July 2007. Okay, so they're doing all these offshoot groups. I'm sure they all believe in global weathering. <laughs> yeah, the planet is weathering. The weather the weather changes by the minute. In Chicago, we have a saying, if you don't like the weather in Chicago, wait a few minutes. What do these elders stand for? And there are apparently some actual white people involved here, but I'm not sure they're white. Anyway, Marty Atisari is one of the persons who looks white. You never know. It might be a Negro wearing white face. And Lakdar Brahimi, who is probably a Jew. And Gro Harlem Brundtland, may or may not be a Jew. Fernando H. Cardoso, Jimmy Carter! Oh, no! Mary Robinson. And I thought Jimmy Carter was an American. All right, folks, you get the picture. The global village of 
millionaires, billionaires, and leaders on the end of the rope. <laughs> the rope uh, dangled by the marionette. Okay? And I think every one of these leaders knows for sure that if they step out of line, they will be sent to Gitmo. And Gitmo, they will be knocked off, and their clones will be paraded around the world as if they were the real person. That's how it works, folks. So, Limburger, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't just remember the name of that awful smelling cheese. I don't think I've ever tasted it. Limburger cheese was supposed to taste okay. It just smells bad. Okay. So don't don't judge a cheese by its smell, all right? Yeah, it's definitely locust warming. They're 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 and cricket warming because they want to grow more crickets and put them on our hamburgers. So yeah, this is the the world that we live in, folks. It's totally upside down from what the Bible says it should be. All right, but that's because we Israelites, let me just be the first to take the blame here, because we do not preach hatred here. We, Caucasian Israelites, have to take a great share of the blame for not living up to Yahweh's expectations, and that's why the world is in the bad shape it's in, because too many of our people are paid by the international Jew. Too many of our people are Freemasons. Let me repeat that. Too many of our people are free masons. May Yahweh's curse be upon them all. The Freemasons and upon the Jews and upon these so-called elders. Okay. And so Mary Robinson. Oh, is that is that the Mrs. Robinson of the song? Oh no. Okay, so. We have a quite an eclectic group of elders here, and I don't think any one of those would qualify as an elder for me, or should be for any white person, especially those of you who know that you are Israelites. Okay, so here are some of the bullet points that they advocate. The elders represent an independent voice. Really? You can't be serious. I see the Jewish marionette has ropes dangling and you are dancing to the ropes of that marionette manipulator. Okay? And there's a a rope not just tied to your, your arms and legs and hips and head there's another rope that's tied around your neck. And if you step out of line, the rope around your neck will be tightened. You will be martyred. And they will, you will join the, what, what I facetiously call the 27 Club. Because we've done shows about many rock stars who have been offed at the age of 27 or around the age of 27 and murdered by the Jewish recording music cartel, the music mafia. Because whenever they martyr, uh, like uh, uh, Jim, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, of uh, The Doors, and, uh, and oh, Jimi Hendrix, and various others, around the age of 27, don't you know that record sales jump immediately? Jim Morrison, that uh, record sales jump immediately because everybody, you know, they can suddenly get free publicity for all of their albums, right? Plus, since the artist is dead, all rights for songwriting, recording, etc., Resort back to the publishing company and the record company, don't you know? In other words, and as one Jewish record company executive said to one of these people before they were murdered, 
You are worth more to us dead than alive. Enough said about that. There's no way these people are independent. They are puppets dancing on the Rothschild string. Number two, they are committed. Yes, they're totally committed to dancing to the Rothschild puppeteer. To promoting the shared interests of humanity. Really? Really? What have you done? What have you done for white people <laughs> recently? What are the shared interests? We get we get taxed and you give our money away, besides stealing it, you give our money away to illegal aliens? And you've been starving black people with your banking operations, setting up little dictators in all of your African potentates, and they live high on the hog, on the Jew hog, while the people therein starve. This is what you've been doing. And the universal human rights we all share. Well, the human rights that, that were created by the Rockefellers and Alger Hiss, that Jewish commie uh, under the FDR administration, proving that the communists and the Finance capitalists work together. All right, so, I mean, this is, how should I put it? Nauseating hype. We're so sweet and kind and gentle. The honey is dripping off our fingers, not to mention the blood. And uh, we, we we love to pretend to be so sincere and caring. And, but then behind them is the, hypodermic needle with which you are injected to give you COVID and you will die either rapidly or slowly with much pain. And they all have show business smiles on their faces, including Kofi Annan, okay, etc., etc. Let's continue. The universal human rights. So so what are those human rights? The right not to be taxed? The right to not have our property confiscated by international bankers? Isn't that a universal human right? Next bullet point. They believe that in any conflict it is important to listen to everyone, no matter how unpalatable or unpopular this may be. Oh, so why do white nationalists and real Christians get kicked off of Facebook, YouTube, etc. You don't believe in human rights. You believe in globalist tyranny. Next bullet point. They aim to act boldly. Yeah, we will we will dance harder and harder for the puppet master. Speaking difficult truths and tackling taboos. The hell they do. Next point, they don't claim to have all the answers. Well, they don't. They don't have any answers. And stress that every individual can make a difference and create a positive change in their society. How about declaring a jubilee and wherein all debts are forgiven? That's biblical, folks. Do you think any of these people are going to declare a jubilee? For all those who owe money to the international Jew bankers? I don't think so. Of course, this is vague and, what's the word? Uh, Honey lip-smacking talk. Sweet, 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 sweet. Oh, we love everybody except white people. How do they work? The Elders is an unusual organization with a distinct way of working. Yeah, they, they dance to the Jew puppeteer. The Elders work strategically, focusing on areas where they are uniquely placed to make a difference. None of these people have done made a, a trickle's worth of difference in the world yet. At least for truth, justice, and dignity, they have all been working for the global elitists every minute of every day of their lives, every last one of these people. This can mean engaging in private advocacy, using their collective influence. Yeah, let's advocate for Bill Gates. 
collective influence to open doors and gain access to decision making. Well, uh, okay, let me try that. Let me see if they'll, if I knock on that door, whether they will let me or any other white nationalist in. At other times, the elders work publicly to promote neglected issues and speak out against injustice. Yeah, white people need to pay more taxes so we can bribe blacks to vote Democratic. The group decides collectively where there is the greatest opportunity to make a real impact, whether this is, they just repeat the same stuff over and over again. So, folks, this is what you can expect from these lowbrow people who are nothing but puppets dancing for the Jew banksters. And so, in back to the original article, Nelson Mandela and Freemason hand signs. And here's a picture of him looking just like Baphomet. The only thing missing is the horns on his head. Freemasons are known to give hand signals when they are taking photos or greeting others to let other Freemasons know that they are one of them. This picture was taken from Modern Maturity magazine in 2004. An entire page was dedicated to this photo of Nelson Mandela. The magazine is published by AARP. Something about uh, retirees. Supposedly doing good work for retirees. No, it's just another Jewish front to scam money out of people, out of retired people, which is run by radical leftists, i.e. Jews. Mandela joyfully shows his hands in the position of a double V. This is based on the Hebrew letter Shin and supposedly invokes Kabbalistic magic, Talmudic magic. It is reported that Mandela became a Freemason in 1994. Well, he would have had to have done that before getting elected, right? Too bad... uh, uh, Pastor Martin's not with us today. He could probably verify that. The Rothschilds and the Oppenheimers, all Freemasons running the scenes to establish a new world order along with other so-called black nobility families. That was a term George Washington and the founding fathers of this country used to refer to the international Jew bankers, the black nobility who were the orchestrators or orchestrators or originators of the fall of apartheid and are the ones who still actually run what goes on behind the scene in South Africa today. So there is a third force, if you want to call it that, who is controlling what happens to this country. That's for sure. And so here we have a photo of Nelson Mandela wearing his Knights of Malta robe along with Uh, doesn't name the person he's standing with, but another Knight of Malta. And I'm wondering if that symbol isn't the the Cross of Lorraine or or connected to the Cross of Lorraine, which was uh, supposedly... Well, you know what? It looks a little bit like the um, abdomen of a black widow spider. Okay. Nelson Mandela and the Knights of Malta the Order of St. John. And I'll just continue with this. And here's a photograph of Nelson Mandela wearing that robe on a national stamp of South Africa. So he's not not hiding it. The Knights of Malta is a Freemason order for anyone of nobility, from politicians right down to our so-called Christian clergy. See article here of Apostle Rick Joyner from Morningstar Ministries, who is happy to flash about his Masonic Knight of Malta robes. There are now two bodies, one Catholic and the other Protestant, but each repudiates the other. Well, that's probably just a a, a show, a show for public consumption, because the Catholic Church uh, and the, the daughters of Catholicism, namely the current, Judeo-Christian churches of the of so-called Protestantism must pretend that they are fighting against each other when, in fact, they are working together to destroy the white race. 
So they repudiate each other publicly, but in private and official. And they, but you, you know for sure that they often get together in public to proclaim oneness and unity on behalf of multiculturalism. You know, Catholics, Jews, Protestants, Muslims, they all get together with their so-called one world religion, <laughs> right? One world religion, that's what they're, that's all about, folks. Ecumenism, one world religion, when they all hug each other, shake hands, and eat pork together. The degree of Knights of Malta is conferred on the United States as an appendant order in a commandery of Knights Templar. There is a ritual attached to the degree, but very few are in possession of it. And it is generally communicated after the candidate has been created a Knights Templar. Very interesting. Okay, and of course, even the Knights Templar, the Knights Templar were originally Christian Knights. And they went to Jerusalem and discovers the, they discovered the, the wealth of King Solomon buried underneath the temple. And so they slowly but surely, much of which was gold, right? Gold and silver and other very valuable items. And because of this, they became very, very wealthy. And they established the Knights Templar Order, which eventually came in conflict with the Roman Catholic Church because the, the, Roman, the Roman Pope was jealous of their wealth and had them attacked by the King of France. Okay, so And that turned the Knights Templar against Roman Catholicism and turned them into a you know a how, how you a rebellious organization, okay? But they still exist. The real Knights Templar still exists, but they're not these people, okay? Nelson Mandela. Well, let me finish. There's yeah, but very few, and it is generally communicated after the candidate has been created a Knights Templar. So the ritual that they go through uh, is. Uh, uh, part of the Knights um, of uh, Malta. Okay, Nelson Mandela was not the only one from South Africa who was knighted. Freemasons Tabo and Becky also was knighted. But who would have guessed that Desmond Tutu <laughs> was a Freemason as well? Desmond Tutu is also part of the elders. Okay, so you know as as we know. The Freemasons cannot do anything good. As Yahshua Messiah said, your proselytes are twice the children of hell as yourselves, speaking to the rabbis of his day, the Pharisees, and of course the uh, the entire Sanhedrin. And we now know solid proof that Nelson Mandela, Tabo Mbeki, and our ever more famous Arch- Archbishop Desmond Tutu are Freemasons who worship Lucifer as their god. Okay, reference here an encyclopedia of Freemasonry and its kindred sciences, etc., by Albert G. Mackey, M.D., 33rd degree, volume one, published it by the Masonic History Company, Chicago, New York, and London, 1925, volume one. So I'm intrigued by this other article here, Huguenots, John Calvin, and Freemasonry. Let me just check in with the uh, chat room here. Yeah, they're, they're reproducing the photos. Thank you, Nimble Horse. Thank you, Swamp Fox, for reproducing those photos and putting them in the chat room because our people need to know these things. And uh, our whole world is being, as Paul said, Satan is the prince of this world. So if you are involved in one of their corporations or you're a Freemason and if you are, even the Judeo-Christian pastors, the more famous ones, virtually all of them are Freemasons, the ones who get all the publicity. So uh, folks, everything that's on television is fake. There's not a real Christian on television. They won't allow a real Christian on television. You have to be a Mason or a Jew lover to get on television. In fact, uh, there is still a radio because 
in radio, you have small town ministries where pastors you never heard of will get on the radio and, and preach from the, the gospel, but it's almost all multiculti. It's almost all multiculti and universalistic. Nevertheless, there is an occasional pastor who comes out and speaks the truth. And it was like, oh, seven or eight years ago, I was listening to a local Chicago program where the they were discussing the, the sad state of Christianity in the modern world. And uh, the guy just made a one-liner that, uh, uh, that never left me. He said, Christianity is a mile wide and an inch deep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> modern Christianity has no depth to it whatsoever. It's just a skin-deep revelation. And, you know, and the, the person who was interviewing him said, yep, you're absolutely right. Modern Christianity is incredibly shallow. Incredibly shallow when it comes to dispensing the true gospel. Anyway, Hugh, who were the Huguenots? And what did they believe? Fleeing religious persecution of Protestants in France after the 18, or sorry, 1685 revocation of the Edict of Nantes, which had guaranteed their rights. 200,000 French Huguenots emigrated to countries such as Switzerland, Germany, England, America, and South Africa. Amongst the first Huguenots to come were Francois Villon, or Villejoen, and the Dutois brothers, Francois and Guillaume. Actually, the very first was Maria de la Quellerie, Jan van Riebeck's wife. Very interesting. Okay, I got to send this to Pastor Martins. Between 1688 and 1689, a large-scale emigration program of Huguenots who had fled to the Netherlands was organized to the Cape of Good Hope. Then a colony of the Dutch East India Company, which needed more settlers to provide food for the passing fleets. It began on December... Oh, you mean they couldn't get it from the natives? Oh, there were no natives. (laughs) The only native black African tribes in southern Africa, and you're talking probably close to a thousand miles from the Cape to the north of that area, were the Hottentots and uh, the... uh, Oh, I forget the name of the tribe. But... uh, they were the tall ones, <laughs> right? But they were just passing their cattle through the territory looking for grazing land. They made no claim on that land whatsoever. So the idea that the white settlers, such as the Boer, who came to South Africa, exterminated all the black residents and took over, that's nonsense. There were hardly any blacks residing in the whole of what is today called South Africa and related territories. The vast majority of blacks who live there today moved there from points north to take advantage of the labor market created by the white people in South Africa, Rhodesia, and other countries. That's how most of the blacks got into South Africa. All right, that's that's where they came from. They were not indigenous to the territory. Let's continue. It began on December 31st, 1687, and in total some 180 Huguenots from France and 18 Walloons from the present-day Belgium eventually settled at the Cape of Good Hope, comprising about one-sixth of the free burger population. Individuals continued to... Oh, that's, that's a large percentage, because I thought it was mainly Boer people. And then the English came later. Uh, if English did come sooner, it was with the, the British East India Company. Well, that, that is much later. Individuals continued to arrive sporadically until the termination of the state subsided emigration in 1707. By 1720, about 270 French refugees had settled in the Cape. The Huguenots are characterized by their intrinsic pride, diligence, and honesty although they strove to maintain their own true Protestants, maintain their own identity at first. 
they soon intermarried with the other colonists to become fully just South Africans. Within the two generations, within two generations, even their home language, French, largely disappeared. As a group, the Huguenots arrived at a very early stage of the settlement at the Cape when the white population was still relatively small in numbers. Okay, So as Pastor Martins has related fairly often, this consisted primarily of Germans who were falsely categorized as Dutch because they got on Dutch ships to sail down to the Cape. So they were Germans, not Dutchmen. Okay. Okay, uh, relatively small numbers. What they experienced as children of the Reformation in their own country, they brought as spiritual assets to their new country of choice. Perhaps their most important influence on South Africa is the fact that they, like their Dutch compatriots, were supporters of Calvinism. In his work, The Life of John Calvin, the Arbe, Deep apostrophe A-R-B-E-Z concludes, quote, Nowhere on earth is the legacy of Calvin stronger than in South Africa. It was very strong in Calvinist Britain, too, because Calvinism was brought to Britain by, what? oh, now I forget his name, too, <laughs> the, the invader financed by the Dutch Jews. Okay, cut off Charles I's head and put Charles II in place so that the Jews could install their Bank of England. Okay, he was financed by the Jews as well. So, folks, wherever the Jewish money goes, that's where the the Freemasonry, the Jewish religion, Calvinism, all forms of Judeo-Christianity all of these things begin to take root from Jewish money. Again, here, Jewish money is the root of all evil. Without the, their money scams, they would hardly, Cromwell was the guy they're thinking of. So Calvinism came to Britain via Cromwell. Thank you very much. Let's continue. Where the spirit of Calvin has not waned due to the influence of the 20th century, as has been the case and is still the case in the countries of Europe. Yeah, Calvinism still reigns. It may even be reigning in other uh, forms. Okay. Uh, All right. So please note. Oh, very interesting here. They put a link to the Britam.org, Huguenot.html, and they say, please note that discerningtheworld.com does not believe in British Israelism. Okay, so if they don't believe in that, they won't believe in Christian identity either. But at least they oppose Calvinism. (laughs) And Freemasonry and the Knights of Malta, which is a good thing. They may be reachable. So, as we can see, the Huguenots were proud Calvinists. Calvinism is a false gospel that God predestined mankind before the foundation of the world to either be elect or go to heaven or reprobate and burn in hell. Okay, no, that that was not predetermined. That uh, Paul says, we, the predestinated Israelites, were put here that we might, that we might achieve these things. Not that we will achieve these things, that... That conditional word is totally ignored by most Judeo-Christians. Okay, anyway, let's continue. And so here there's a bunch of articles. Uh, Legacy of John Calvin, parts one through three. Calvinists justify the known murderer. Oh, the known murderer, John Calvin, yes. He was a murderer. He burned a lot of people at the stake because they didn't believe in his version of Judeo-Christianity, right? In the following articles, it has been shown that the Dutch Reformed Church in South Africa since the beginning of its history has been Calvinistic and Masonic. Piet Retief was a Freemason, and the Pretoria Fortrecker Monument is actually an altar for sun worship. 
and Pastor Martins uh, drove me to that location. It does look like a Freemasonic monument. To, and, and, of course, the, the history of the Boers has been erased by the Freemasons and Calvinists of South Africa, and replacing their, their multi-culti nonsense in place of Boer, the Boer people, okay, and, and claiming that, oh, the, not just the Freemasons, but the Cape Dutch Afrikaner is the one who fought the battle at Blood River, not the Boer people, right? This is how they distort history and get you to believe their version of reality. So their version of reality is Freemasonic, Jewish, and Calvinistic, none of which is biblical, folks. Let's continue. Now, because we know that Calvinism and Freemasonry go hand in hand, if we look right back to the beginning of the time when the Huguenots settled in South Africa, it is safe to say that many Huguenots were Freemasons. And it shows in all their emblems and monuments, and to be fair to the Freemasons, most lower order Freemasons do not realize that the god of Freemasonry is Lucifer. The, but you you cannot you can't I don't think you're allowed to espouse Christianity as a Freemason. Freemasonry says you just have to have a belief system. You have to believe in something. That's all they really require. But then you have to take all these oaths to Freemasonry, blood oaths, death oaths, upon pain of death, you will not reveal what Freemasonry teaches, okay? And Yahshua said, you're not to take oaths other than your oath to Yahweh, okay? So Freemasonry is anti-Christian, anti-scriptural to the, to the hilt, the author continues, I have a pamphlet at home that tells the history of the Huguenots that came to South Africa. It's a very old pamphlet and written in Afrikaans. While browsing through this pamphlet, as I am of Huguenot descent, looking for info on my family name, I came across the Huguenot's crest. I took a photo of it from the pamphlet, and that's part of this article here. I went onto the internet and spent hours researching what this entire crest stands for. We are told it is Christian. However, the Huguenot crest and the Huguenot monument in Franchuk, I guess Franchuk is a cross between German and French, stands for something other than what we are told to believe. And so it's got an upside-down dove on the bottom, it's got this four-quarter star symbol, which I suspect is based on the cross of Lorraine, the cross of Cain, okay? And then it looks like it's got a sun wheel above that, and a cross above that, and the, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, it's got seven, Caskets? <laughs> and the whole thing looks like a, a seven caskets, and the, the main symbol looks like a, a monument you would put over a grave. That's what it looks like. The Huguenot Cross. A Huguenot would wear this Huguenot Cross as a confirmation of his faith, that being Calvinism. The cross supposedly symbolizes the following things. One, the rounded point signifies eight beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3 through 10. Open space in the form of a heart. Uh, I don't see the, I don't see that. I don't see the form of a heart. The symbol of loyalty suggests the seal of John Calvin. Yeah, he was loyal to his Jew masters. Maltese cross, four triangles, okay? That's what they call it, the Maltese cross. Four triangles meeting at the center, symbolizing the four Gospels. Four fleur-de-lis, each with three petals, totaling 12 petals, signifies the 12 apostles. Dove signifying the Holy Spirit. But what does this symbol really stand for? Okay, so let's see if I can have enough time to go through this. This looks important. 
You will notice my, my numbering is a bit odd as I look at each one of the above individually. I do not look at the point at one as I honestly don't know what those little circles really stand for. Maybe it stands for blunting the message, <laughs> right? Blunting the message, okay? The uh, gospel is a two-edged sword, very sharp on both sides, and has a very sharp point. So maybe those circles are about blunting the sword of truth. However, I however start with number three, the Maltese cross. Designed in the mid-16th century, this cross has arms which narrow towards the center and are indented at the ends. This makes an eight-pointed cross with no curved lines. The eight outer points of this cross are symbolic of regeneration and are sometimes said to represent the eight Beatitudes. The cross was the emblem of the Knights of St. John, who were derived from the roads, uh, from Rhodes to the island of Malta by the Turks. The Knights of Malta is a Freemasonic order. The Maltese cross is generally associated with fire. So we see the Turks, who are proto-Ashkenazi Jews, are involved in it. Okay, You don't see this symbol in real Christianity. The fleur-de-lis. They say it signifies the 12 apostles on the Huguenot cross, but this is not true. The fleur-de-lis is actually the tree of life of the Kabbalah and is represented in Freemasonry. The fleur-de-lis is, in French, means lily flower. Oh, maybe Lilith? That fictitious demon lady <laughs> that the Jews teach about in their Kabbalah and their Talmud? The one who, who refused to lay with Adam, so he, he had to settle for Eve? That's what the Jews teach, folks. The fleur-de-lis in French means lily flower. Why, why a lily? Why not a rose? However, it must point out that this symbol you see on flags, royal crowns, and everywhere else actually represents the trinity of the brotherhood or the bloodline of their blessed trinity. The inverted dove. They say this dove is supposed to represent the Holy Spirit, but this is actually a Freemason inverter dove, which symbolizes destruction. Okay. The open heart space between the Maltese cross and the fleur-de-lis. All right, so some convoluted chalice there. Was John Calvin possibly a Freemason? Let's look at the logo. Where's this key? Where does key from, come from? And as Pastor Martins has repeatedly presented evidence that Fleur, that, uh, Fleur, <laughs> that, that Fleur de Calvin was uh, a tyrant who burned Christians at the cross, those who didn't agree with his doctrine, just as bad, he was just as bad as the Roman Catholic Church at crucifying or killing real Christians as the Roman Catholic Church was. And the meaning of the key the authority of the church to forgive sins in Jesus' name. No church has that authority, folks. No church has that authority. That's only given to Yahshua. He is the only one able to forgive sins and the victims of a sinner's crime. Only Yahshua and the victim have the power to forgive sin. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Beware of Freemasons. Bye-bye. So that concludes our show on Eurofolk Radio.